All right, everybody, welcome back to Heavily Scaled, a life and fitness podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Bradley, and it is June, which means it is Pride Month, which means naturally I have some guests here to speak to us today. Um, As you guys know, if you've been around for a little while, I like to pull in my Summit fam to hop on the podcast every now and then because I think that they are probably the only people who consistently listen to this. So I may as well invite them to be up here on the show. So I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves, and we're going to start with Kate. You guys might actually remember Kate from a few episodes, like, I guess that was last year. So just kidding, that was not a few months ago. It was a while ago, but Kate's back. So Kate, go ahead, tell the people a little bit about who you are. Yeah. Hey, my name is Kate Webby. Glad to be back on Heavily Scaled. I think last time I came, it was right after I had finished a marathon. And I guess I just didn't have quite enough screws loose at that point that I then decided to do an ultra marathon, which I just finished this past weekend. And I've been in the Summit fam for about two years now, almost. Been doing CrossFit there for that long. And outside of that, I like to run. I work for a nonprofit organization and uh, these, this, that's the extent of my hobbies, really. Uh, so that's yeah, a little I, bit about me. I, I mean, I think an ultra marathon is like, that's, I mean, it's clearly a whole day's work. So, um, you know, how do you have time for any other hobbies other than training for an ultra marathon? What did that take you? It took like seven hours. Is that what it was? I was going to say it literally was a full day's work, like, you know, with my union sanctioned breaks. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, I remember, uh, I saw your post and I looked at your time and your map and I was just like, so that is about six and a half hours more than what I would be willing to put in effort wise (laughs) for, yeah, anything. So Kate, great to have you back. Krista, I won't make you go last either because I know that'll stress you out. So introduce yourself. Listen, (laughs) listen, listen. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Krista Asu. I did not run an ultra marathon, but good Lord, are we all not proud of her. Watching her beast through that was inspiring, to say the least. Um, I am a BCBA. I have been with the Summit fam for maybe four years now. I'm not quite sure. Three to four, four to five. We're somewhere up there, you know. Um, one of Gabby's original boo things, if I do flip my hair towards that. <laughs> um, extracurricular activities. Let's see, man, I do a lot. I won't lie. I uh, love to play, like, outdoor kickball, soccer. We go to, um, well, baseball games. Or uh, or I just like to sleep with my girlfriend. That's, that's about it. Sometimes we'll just have nice you know. things. Y'all always got something. I see your faces, you two. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment there. (laughs) You are probably. Yep, yep. And I'm not. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, I will say that your extracurriculars tend to be uh, activities that leave you sore later. Mm Therefore, yeah. when you show up at the gym, you're like, oh, I hurt myself um, because <laughs> I played in three intramural soccer games last night, and now I'm here ready to try to max out my squat. So yeah. that's Krista. Yeah. You'll have those you. days where I'll have bruises, and we're not sure if it's from CrossFit or if it's from dodgeball. We don't know. Yeah, and we know. We're still working on her, everybody. We're st- she's a work in progress, so she- we're- we'll get there. And our last guest, Jake. What's up, man? What's, go- what's going on? 
I feel like I went out to the two overachievers and I'm just over here vibing. But um, my name is Tomlin. Uh, I've been a part of the Summit fam for almost a year now, which is mm-hmm. wild. It like feels like a long time, but also like not that long considering I like treat summit like it's a personality trait for me and it's like not <laughs> yet. Um, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, I in my professional life work at a startup um, doing marketing sales and hospitality and um, outside of that, again, I feel like I'm pretty often found at summit enjoy hiking. Um, I also like sleeping, but by my dang self, um, and, uh, yeah, play guitar, chill and just hang with friends. That's awesome. And you found, you joined summit obviously like in the middle of COVID. So like kudos, kudos to you for, uh, you know, I don't know, finding us and, and trusting us during that crazy time. So, well, it's been great, I'm though. Strong-armed into coming by Kate and, oh. like, followed up with many times. But <laughs> I'm so grateful now. This is true. Yeah. I waited in the parking lot for him on the first day and was like, we are walking in together, you and me, buddy. Let's go. And oh, it's wow. been a love ever since. Uh-huh. And now it, he comes more than I do. So <laughs> yeah. transfer, we've come really full circle here. I know. I will give Jake that. He is like committed. That was something I noticed about you very early on, Jake, was that like when you, you know, said you were coming, like you were coming, you know, some people are just like, oh yeah, it was nice. I'll try to be back. But like you were there. So it's, I will say that I have enjoyed having you show up. You're my animal flow person. So, you know, Um, I just want to make note of the last time we made this bet, who was there and who was not. Jake, do I hear a call out? We made a bet that you would be there and I showed up and you were not there. Yeah, this was two weeks ago, though. And then what happened was this past weekend, you had signed up. And then you didn't show Krista, but Jake was there. So I don't know. You guys, you guys got to work this out. Gabby was like the senior animal flow something in the class, and it felt pretty good. It was maybe something I'll also treat as a personality trait. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> but we're not here to talk about animal flow. I mean, as great as that is, and as awesome, you know, as as much as I enjoy having you guys in class, we're here. Um, because I, I wanted to chat with you guys. And so I thank you very much for taking the time out. Cause this is round two of this interview. We're trying it again. And, um, with pride month, you know, being something at something that's taking about to happen right now as we record. And then, um, just one of the things that I've become sort of interested in and passionate about, and the reason why this podcast exists is to sort of, sort of, share other people's experiences, their expertise on things, but then also share the perspectives of other people. I am not a, well, I'm an ally. So I guess that could be part of one of the A's, right? In LGBTQQIAAAAA, whatever it is, right? Um, (laughs) I'm an ally, but I don't live out the life of a person 
who is in the LGBTQ plus community. So I can't speak to that experience, but you guys can. And so I really wanted to have you guys on to just sort of share your experiences um, within the fitness space specifically, but speak broadly if you if you want. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna d- dive right in here. And um, Krista, do you have an answer for this question? The first one: Do you feel like you have to assess a space before you can walk in? I should have just asked you what you had answers to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so is this more in the sense of like a gym or just in general? Let's just go in general. So, I mean, I think we all know that um, not every space, right, is yeah. well, as welcoming as others. As welcoming as, as others. So, is that something that you look for when you, you're you so, gym hunting or walking in someplace? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say that I, like, necessarily assess the space before I walk in, but I sometimes do feel I need to assess, like, the particular crowds that are surrounding mm. Um because I'm not going to just start, like, part of my language, I'm not going to shoot the shit with people I don't know on a more personal basis. And I don't know how they're going to respond to if we start talking about personal life, whether it be, like, my homosexuality and having a girlfriend. Although mm-hmm. I don't personally truly care, like, what they think. But um, it is still just a touchy subject when you walk into an area and you don't know how people are going to react. Yeah. Kate, Jake, do you guys have anything to to add on to that? How do you feel when you're walking into a new space? Um, I, as a human being, am never relaxed. And I don't go to a restaurant like before I've already like looked at the menu. I've assessed the parking situation. Like if I'm going to a place in general, like I've already planned ahead. Mm -hmm. And I think the same goes with like a new environment or like checking out a new gym. Like before I decided to come to summit, like I looked at the website and I was like, all right, there's people of color on this website. There's people who are older on this website. There are people who have different body types that are on this website. They had a pride workout a couple of years ago. And you can only tell so much from like the things that people put on a website, like or on social media. But I would say, I definitely like assess and try to get a sense of like what the culture is of a community is before I go. Like Mm -hmm. if I go to a restaurant, I check it out and the food sucks. Like that's pretty low risk for me, but it feels like if I'm trying to like step into a community and like get to know people and like be vulnerable, like I do want to have a sense of like who you are and what you're about ahead of time. So I definitely checked out summit before I came. Um, and found to my not to my surprise but like gladly that (laughs) you know the things that we were saying were the same things that we were doing which is not always the case yeah true Jake what about you I know that obviously you had a an advantage because Kate brought you so she did the vetting for you but what's your been your experience there yeah, so it's actually super funny because like Kate and I were really only friends for a few, like probably a few weeks, maybe like a oh month before she brought me from it, which is wild to think about now. Uh, but yeah, so like I, I think that like in that specific instance, I kind of like had Kate to like vouch for like, okay, like I'm a queer person, I've been in this space, like I know what it's like, and I feel included here, and so that immediately mm-hmm. like to me like, okay, like maybe like Kate and I for different identities, maybe like what feeling comfortable feeling comfortable could mean like different things for the two of us. But at least I know that like that is a place where she feels affirmed. Yeah. Um, 
and included. And so I think that was a big thing for me, but like, I'm also like Kate in the sense of like, I am never relaxed, even though that's like very surprising from time to people who know me. Yeah. Um, so like I did a deep dive too. Like I probably went back to like 2017 or like <laughs> some Instagram. I was like, all right, what are we working with? Um, and I think like, kind of to, to echo what Kate said, like I saw like the pride wad, which like is awesome and great. And like, I think not everything, right. When talking Mm -hmm. about it, but like, certainly I think that visibility like was one thing that was important to me. And like seeing that I was like, okay, like, I don't know the ins and outs in the days, the day to day of this space, but I know that like, this was at least like one thing that they did that could point to this being a more inclusive Mm -hmm. space. And I think like, as I started to like interact with people, like I, I tend to be like pretty open that I'm gay, but, um, Mm -hmm. I think especially like in a fitness space, you just kind of never know what the vibes are going to be like. Uh, And so went in kind of guarded and then slowly like started to realize like, Oh, everyone here is like really chill. And then I met like Krista and Brooke and I was like oh they're together like it's not just me and Kate like and it, like and it kind of like spiraled from there so I think it was yeah. like a multitude of things if I were to sum it up in a few words no that's awesome and I kind of want to go back a little bit to something that Krista had said and so I'm going off script here a little bit but um you know you mentioned Krista the fact that when you come into a space you know is it going to be safe for you to you know maybe divulge you know, who you are and when you can do that. And it's kind of interesting that you brought that up because um, I'm doing something for, for work. We're getting ready to have a diversity and inclusion dis- team discussion around uh, Pride Month. And, um, you know, one of the articles they asked us to read was around straight privilege. And so, like, I don't have to worry when I go into a space about you know, people just assume, you know, I wear a wedding ring, right? People assume that I have a husband and I don't have to correct them in any way. So what are some of the stereotypes? This is an off script question. If you guys have any that, um, have come into the the gym that are based on like straight privilege and it doesn't have to be summit. It could be any gym experience that you've ever had. Let me give you guys a second to think about this one. And then whoever wants to go first, just go. I wish you guys, the listeners, could see their faces. They're all thinking very hard. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me, like, as a as a gay man, is, like, I feel like in fitness, like, athletics, whatever it may be, like, I think there's a perception that, like, gay men are either one, like, hyper fit and have a certain body type and like I'm a big dude like I can throw some weight around but also like (laughs) I'm not walking into the gym with like a six-pack and like being Mm -hmm. like that thin slender body type um and then the other thing too is just like that perception of like I like hate this word but like um, like being thought of as like a sissy right like not like Mm. you're keep up in a way and those are like two very like different experiences um Mm -hmm. But I would say those are kind of the two things that I have either, like, navigated, like, seeing and, like, how that shows up or have seen, like, and talked with, like, other gay men about. Um, And I think that is probably, like, maybe unique to, like, gay men specifically and not other identities. Yeah, that is interesting. The Because I think 
just growing up when I did, being a 90s baby, there was this perception, right, that gay men were slim and like ripped and like wore like tight booty shorts and stuff like that all the time. But I wouldn't have thought the other side of that coin, like you said, like, oh, sissy, not to to use your word, like sissies or soft or something like that. But like, so I never would have, I mean, obviously didn't, don't think that about you, but I never would have known that if you hadn't said it. So that's a hmm, interesting stereotype. Have to keep that one in mind. Krista, Kate, you guys got anything? I think what's interesting and like Gabby, when you were talking earlier about like your experience with straight privilege and like how people assume that like you're married to a man. And I think that for me, as someone who's more feminine presenting and is in a relationship with a woman, like I often am assumed to be straight. And so Mm. I feel like I sometimes can walk a really interesting line where I, if I don't tell people, most often people assume that I'm straight. But, like, if you look at my fiancé, Jess, who, like, has short hair and, like, wears basketball shorts, like, and we just have very different presentations, um, mm-hmm. she doesn't have that same sense. Like, people look at her and they're like, yeah, you're, you're a lesbian. Like, you're into women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, for me, that's an interesting piece to navigate is mm-hmm. – um, in some ways, like I am closer to privilege because people assume that I'm straight. And also like, sometimes it feels like then you, at least in my perspective, sometimes it feels like you have to prove yourself a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. as a feminine woman who's interested in women. So I think that's a hard line that I have to walk. That's not necessarily like fitness specific, but it is yeah. one that comes to my mind a lot when I meet new people that don't know mm-hmm. me very well, um, is they will often ask about my boyfriend, <laughs> But, like, people ask Jess, they're like, what does your partner do? Like, they kind of give her the <laughs> wink, wink, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's that's also super interesting. I mean, but like you said, it's not fitness specific. But, I mean, you know, a lot of times, especially when you've got these boutique gyms, like you guys said, I mean, you're working alongside people pretty closely. And I think for the most part, you know, relationships are bound to form. People do become interested in you know, what you do outside of the gym. So it's bound to come up. That's a, all right, I'm learning. I'm taking some notes. No, I'm not. I'm just recording it. So I don't need to take notes. Go ahead, Krista, before you lose your thought. Yeah. Well, so it's not necessarily about being in the gym, which all of what Kate said, I also um, agree with uh, in facing people when it comes to me and Brooke, like I do look sometimes a little bit more feminine. So I have to put it out there. Like, Oh, I date women, but most of the time you always get those questions where your face is like, are you sure you really are? Like questioning it, which is, it blows my mind that that's just even a question. Um, but in regards to like straight privilege in general, I wanted to know, like I cognizantly have to think twice about um, when I'm in, about my audience when showing affection to Brooke. Um, just mm. sometimes, even though inherently I could care less because that's my person and I love her. Um, there are those out there that for some reason or another, which is beyond me, just take personal offense to it. Um, so we just never really know how they're going to act or how they might handle it. Uh, and thinking back to when I first came out to my dad years ago, um, one of his first comments was actually being worried about me and my significant other getting jumped or beaten just for being gay out in public. Um, I know he's seen like videos and like movies about like 
not happening in other places. So inherently he's going to worry about it. And he actually started crying, which tore me up, of course. So that's another big point of like straight privilege where they don't have to think twice about, you know, PDA or holding their significant hand or kissing them in public. Yeah. Wow, man, we went really deep, really. You know what? I'm not even going to finish that statement because I know what Crystal will say. So I'm just going to move on in the conversation. So um, you guys have uh, alluded to some really um, interesting points that, again, apply not just in the gym, but in um, just life in, in general. So tell me now since we're talking about the gym to sort of bring it back here and you guys have maybe mentioned some of it, what is it that you look for or what should people um, in the LGBTQ plus community be looking for if they're looking for a new um, fitness space to become a part of what are, what's the criteria to know that, you know, someone's going to be welcomed or included. And I think everybody makes this decision on their own about Mm. how comfortable they are coming into different spaces. But Mm. for me, with the phase that I feel like I'm in my life, like I will not handle anything less than like full throated celebration and support. Like I just, I'm no longer going to be like just tolerated or be like, oh, that's like fine. Or we like, we love you through it, or that's like a weird thing about you. Um, like, and so I think for me, like, that's really what I look for is like, this is something that is up front and center in things that you do as a gym. And it's not something that feels like anything less than being thrilled that these people are a part of, I guess these people that we are a part of your community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm um, these people. So I think that that for me is like the difference is I'm sure that there are gyms, there are other gyms out there that are tolerant and that they're like, yes, we welcome people who are LGBT. And I think there's a difference between even being welcoming and being celebrated as like, no, this is like, you know, a part of who you are and we love you as a part of this community. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Shit, girl, stay with your chest. That's what I I was just saying that to someone earlier. I was like, listen, I'm just like, nobody, like, do not be apologetic. Like, if this is truly a thing that you care about, this is part of your community. Like, in the same way that we celebrate, like, fitness gains and, like, people, you know, Mm -hmm. having a new, like, snatch PR, like, we're celebrating these life moments too. Like, we spend so much time together. Like, why would you not? So, yeah. Say with your chest. I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to like re freaking tweet everything that Kate said like that mm-hmm. felt that in my entire body. Um, and I think and not, not to like, I'm not even going to qualify it. Like this is a summit specific thing, but I think one of the things that really stood out to me that I think is sort of like a testament to Kate's point um, is every time, every time that I walked into summit or like, just like the language that like, you know, Gabby, you like Joe, et cetera, like use was not all about like, just like fitness games and like X, Y, like it was just about like life and like being a good person. I think that's like mm-hmm. a part of the summit mission and like everything I saw on the website, like, yeah, fitness is it's, it's a gym, right? So like mm-hmm. obviously fitness is at the forefront, but it, 
I just feel like there's so much like conversation around like being a good human being and like being a better person and like mm-hmm. being celebrated for like who you are and what you bring to the table, which like I've never seen in another fitness space before. Um, nor did I like really ever expect to find like, I don't, it was something that I like was probably like looking for that. I didn't necessarily like know that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't have articulated that this is what I want to see prior to walking into summit. But like, damn, if I ever leave Indy, like the bar is set. <laughs> this space again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, that's, I, I don't, I had another point and I like completely lost my train of thought, but um, okay. yeah, that's where I'm at. That's great. Well, when you remember, just chime in and, and share it. Krista, do you have anything to add to this? I do. I was going to kind of build off of like, the things that they said earlier in what in looking for diversity. So when I came to the gym and how you guys noted you went through their Instagram and you were just looking through all their stuff. Like I definitely look for ethnicity, um, different body types, age ranges, uh, people who are willing to celebrate the small goals, the big goals, like personal goals, mm-hmm. anything that just makes you feel like a better person. Um, I would feel somewhat uncomfortable or insecure being surrounded by a group of like top athlete bodybuilding or model F individuals all the time. I'm not going to mm. put that in like a negative light because kudos to them. Like if that's, if that's what you're gearing towards, then awesome, go for it. But to be honest, like summit is probably one of the most welcoming places that it gets out there. Um, because we have a wide variety of those athletes, young to old, mm-hmm. like varying fitness levels, straight gays, you name it, we got it. Um, yeah. And what brings it all together and makes it feel such like a family is that everyone has the same mindset towards the same goal of like staying active, having fun and building a support system outside of your daily eight to five lives. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and so that, that makes me, makes me think a little bit. So what, um, what can, the gyms that aren't quite there yet, right? What, how do, how do gyms begin and just people in general, right? How do they begin to um, foster that in their community? Cause it's not, it's, it's not the responsibility of, of you guys, right. To, to educate, um, you know, people not in your community, right? Just like it's not my job as a black woman to educate white people on the black experience, right? So I hope you don't think that's not what this is by any means. But so what, um, where, how do people get started? How do, how do coaches begin to do this work? That's a loaded question. Well, I think earlier we were talking about straight privilege. And I think like sometimes when people talk about privilege, like it's easy to get really defensive. Mm. Um, And I think that, you know, I heard this analogy that I feel like really resonated with me where like privilege is like, if you've seen those horse races, like where they have blinders on, like that's kind of what privilege is like, is that there are things that are happening on the sides that you don't know about. And you can only see the things that are right in front of you. And like, That doesn't mean that like there's not obstacles in your path. There's not things that you have to go past. It just means like there are things that you're not going to see or know about or have to experience. And I think that analogy. 
I'm saying I didn't come up with it. I heard it from someone else and I'm just repeating it because I was like, oh, that makes total sense, right? Like there are things that I will not have to experience as someone who's white. And there are things that I don't have to even think about because I'm white. And then counterpoint to that, there are things that Jake maybe doesn't have to think of because he doesn't walk through the world as a woman. So I think that part of that process, when you decide you like want to commit to this is like figuring out what are those things that you're blind to that you Mm -hmm. don't know about. And those are probably questions that I can't answer of what else is all out there. But I think like, that's the first piece is just figuring like acknowledging that like there are things happening that you don't know about and trying to figure out how you commit to knowing what some of those things are and being aware of them. That's great. Cause I'm actually literally just starting to read a book called it's on my desk. I put it on pause, but um, it's called blind spot hidden biases of good people. Um, so look at that. We're like, yeah, yeah. In sync. We're tracking. We're tracking. Yeah. So let me and let me rephrase the question a little bit. Also, I want to add. So I want to add on to that. So Kate, you can come back if you want to, and then Jake, Krista. So along with just how do people begin to get started? What about also because part of this is there are just going to be some people who are afraid that they are going to say or do the wrong thing. So they're afraid they're going to you know, use the wrong pronoun or use the incorrect term. Like I'm trying to think of one transgendered with an ED is not a, it's like an outdated thing. We don't use that. It's just transgender. Right. So, so to go along with how do people get started, let's throw in the people who want to be allies and want to help, but are just also like afraid that they're going to do or say the wrong thing. Well, I think that's like the part, such an important part of any type of allyship um, is like understanding that it is not like a situation where you are going to get it right every single time if you're actually committed to doing the work, Mm -hmm. Uh, but like being willing to own when you don't do it right, (laughs) when you don't get it right and then put in the work to do it right next time. Right. And not make the same mistake over and over again. And so I think you know, anytime someone sort of like begins embarking on their allyship journey, they expect it to be like this, like arrived this point that they arrived to right of like, woohoo, I'm an ally now. And I think like true allies are not never arrive, right. You never are fully culturally competent, whatever terminology, right. You're consistently putting in work and learning and like making those mistakes and like figuring out how to not make them again. Right. I think a common example of this, like is, pronouns, right? Like specifically for folks who are non-binary use they, them pronouns, that's not something that is like conditioned to has, it was not conditioned to me, like even as a queer person growing up. Mm. Um, and so that's something that is like, just like our brains are not doing that naturally, right? Like they, Mm -hmm. them are the traditional pronouns that we've used. And so like, I've caught myself even with some friends who are non-binary, like stopping and using she pronouns and correcting myself in the moment, apologizing, moving on. Right. Um, and, and not doing it again and doing Mm -hmm. my, do it again. And so I think that just to like sum up literally any sort of allyship, you've got to be willing to like have things get a little messy from time to time and understand that like, you're never going to be the perfect ally, but that shouldn't stop you from working toward becoming the best ally that you can be and continuously learning. Amen to that. 
Yeah, I was going to kind of go along and just say, like, what you're doing right here, Gabby, is a perfect example of how you can learn and better educate yourself. Um, going back to, I think we talked about this last time of how you asked if we could have a sit down to ask questions about the LGBTQA community. And so you could educate get our Addie, you know, so you could help along her because she's young. And in this day and age, um, the community is growing with acceptance, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And therefore, teaching kids early on uh, about the history is beneficial. And that's what will help people begin to think differently about everything. Yeah, I think um, I think that that is what, you know, one of the barriers, I mean, you guys all said it, right, is this that, like, people have to begin to think differently about this community. And I think that it's one of those things where we sort of are, ex- people are tolerant, right, up to a point sometimes, Um and we're not going to go down this down this rabbit hole, I think. But even the the thought that I had, um, you know, was like gay, lesbian, queer, right? People are pretty tolerant of those. But once you begin to move to like transgender, non-binary, you know, how does that affect the language that you use? I had a whole conversation with this about a with a colleague about a document that was a work document and. Um, one particular woman was like, well, we tend to use examples, you know, where it's like, if you're talking to an employee, he, and then you'll switch like he, she, and the person was like, well, why are we using he, she, like, why not just say they, you know? And it's, (laughs) and I was like, wow. I was like, I, I, I don't know. And it got me even thinking about the way we and again, this is not just summit, right? This is everybody. But I just had this conversation with my husband, like, man, do we still need to write male weights and female weights up on the board? Again, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. This is just where my brain went. But um, you have to start to to think about those things. I think if you want to truly um, understand and show support to the entire community. And it starts with like questioning the way that you previously used to do things. Um, So I don't know, maybe I'll talk to Joe and I don't know if you guys like the numbers up there. You guys are, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how you guys feel, but I just imagine, you know, again, not, not going down, but you know, if we had a trans athlete in our gym, how would they feel if we had, here's the male weight, here's the female weight. And they're left to kind of be like, well, you know, I'm going to pick whatever weight I want to pick, you know? So I, without, and we don't, we won't, we don't want to offend anyone by sitting here saying like, here's a male weight, here's a female weight. Cause that kind of, again, is very cisgender heteronormative language. So sorry, I just rambled. So, um, let's just close, close out. I think you guys have, um, hit pretty much everything that I've, I've wanted to, to ask you about, but, um, last thing I'm going to ask you here, how would you encourage people who are in the LGBTQ community and have maybe gone through some, um, less than ideal or negative situations and maybe they're hesitant now to try to find, another gym and um what can 
what else, if you have anything else, can coaches do and other athletes in gyms do to just make people feel welcome when they walk in the doors? We might have already covered it all. You guys have said some really great stuff. This might not be like the the best example, but the thing that comes to mind is like, just don't make assumptions about people um, based on the way that they look, talk, behave, um, et cetera. Like, I think I keep coming back to Summit, but like one of the things that I noticed was like in fitness spaces previously, being around like a bunch of like straight men, I felt like they all tried to like bro out with me and talk about women. Like not one person at summit like did that um, with me. And like, that was huge. Right. Because to me that was like, okay, number one, like these are just like maybe like good human beings who like probably aren't misogynist, but also <laughs> you're not, you're not assuming that I'm straight. Right. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that wasn't like a conscious like thought that anyone was like, Oh, well I'm not going to assume that Jake is straight. It's just like the community and like who the people are. Mm-hmm. But I think that translates like far beyond. And just like as a general rule, I would say like not making assumptions is generally like a pretty decent place to start. Yeah. I think that that also kind of led into what I was also thinking that like treating people as individuals, like I think especially like we talk about like queer people and LGBT people. And like, if you really start to parse it out, like that's a lot of different experiences, like all under the same umbrella. So like, yes, like, you know, Jake and Chris and I like all share something in common because like we all identify as queer or under that umbrella And also we all probably have really different experiences based on like where we grew up and our genders and like our faith backgrounds, like all of these other things. So I think, you know, not making assumptions and just treating people as individuals is a really great place to start. And I think like when you see people first, like then you then automatically are like more accepting of them as a whole person. Yeah, absolutely avoiding the whole othering thing is, is a big deal. Krista, you got anything to say to close us out? Um, well, I was just going to kind of build off of what Jake said about the whole assumption thing. And, um, I mean, when I did come into summit, um, some of the Globe were talking about boyfriends and asking me about the guys I dated and all of that, which was fair. Like they just wouldn't have known because uh, as we've touched upon before, like sometimes they just look more feminine. So, um, and, but what was nice was that when I made the comment about, well, I said, oh, well, actually my girlfriend and they weren't completely just like drawn back or like, you know, astonished that I'm dating a girl and not a guy. They were just like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I hope you bring her in here and which, you know, I ended up doing. So that's been nice, but that was, um, one of the best things about Summit as well, because you'll have those gyms where you will get the assumption by just looking at another person and then they completely get it wrong or read you off book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll uh, take this as a moment to say that most people were happy when you first brought your girlfriend in as your residential (laughs) boo thing. I was, I had to scope. I had, she had to pass my tests first she did eventually pass. Brooke passed. I will give Brooke credit. But 
I was a little jealous for just a little bit that, you know, someone else was taking your time and that you seem to have another boo thing other than me, even though I don't know why, like I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm married. Like, I don't know why I was yeah, jealous, but, Matt, but Matt, Matt knows, Matt knows the real love of life. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and now Brooke and I, if you guys look, Brooke and I have, my child is actually me and Brooke's kid yeah. and Krista's mm-hmm. out of the, yeah, out of the picture. The most it's a whole picture. thing. Jake is, it's Jake, you're laughing, but like Krista, I think yeah, is literally. actually like a little hurt that Brooke is like, leaning towards me and Addison and like, not her, not Krista. She's, <laughs> we look like a couple with the baby. I mean, you know, Brooke is white. I'm black. Addison's mixed. So like, it still works, you know? So, you know, Listen, I'm mixed you and Addie step siblings. Cause I refer to Brooke and Krista as moms. Mommy, <laughs> <laughs> We're just bringing them all in guys. I feel like I'm just like the aunt who like gets too drunk at Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, hey, every family needs one of those, Kate. Every family needs one. All right. Well, look, I, I want to thank you guys again so much for um, taking, again, taking the time. You didn't have to do this by any means, but I, I appreciate your willingness. Um, and you've given me and hopefully you listeners a, a lot to chew on and just think about. And the work doesn't stop during Pride Month, people. Like this is a this might be a great jumping off point for you if you're just getting started or trying to understand how you can take your allyship to the next level. But like the work never ends; it has to keep going. So I thank you guys again so much. Uh, I guess I'll hopefully see you all for Murph tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I will talk to the listeners next week. Thanks. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye.